This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 819, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you who are not invading anyone. Woman, one who'll 
take me for myself. Hello, welcome to my Fanboy Pick of the Week, episode 819. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and I am here with my co-host, Basketball's Josh Flanagan. That's right. I'm from basketball. <laughs> You're the only Josh Flanagan in basketball. That's that's likely true. Every once in a while, I'll see a very pale Irish guy playing. I'll be like, go you! And then they'll be surprised when they're any good. We Such as right Pat fan- Connaughton of the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> You're right, fanboy. And every week we take a bunch of comics. We read those comics. One of us picks their favorite book called The Pick of the Week. We talk about that book. We read other books from the week. The patron pick, the listener mail. And, you know, the world is on fire, quite literally. And we are not unaware. And we're just trying to take our minds off of it. And hopefully this this takes your mind off of it for a little while, too. Because it's uh, it's it's horrible out there. Just in general. And so, this is for me a brief respite. Hopefully it is for you. Here's your spoiler warning. This is a review show. There'll be some spoilers this week. Josh had the pick. I did. And I am not going to complain that comics were bad because they weren't. They were good. But I did have a hard time making my pick. And I had to mm-hmm. go down to fully like, well, what what did I enjoy? What was unexpected? What was inventive? And what we ended up here was uh, Spider-Woman number 115 as the legacy mm. number. Connor, Connor's much more... Uh, I don't agree with him any less on the, on, the, on the revolution for legacy numbers, but I do forget a lot more. So it would be number 20 if you were looking at it in the store, but it's number 115, which honestly I thought would be higher. Anyway. This is an issue uh, that, that starts off, and there's like a, a faux title page after the credits, which actually looks like a house ad. Um, and mm-hmm. it, it it promises after twenty nonstop hair raising issue the inconceivable finally occurs no chills no thrills unbelievable nonstop action on in every page and uh, we cut to there's a, a group of villains uh, in mm-hmm. the basement of some villain lair which they say uh, may not be the back room of a Times Square uh, rainforest cafe in one of the okay. uh, one of the um, asterisks. And then we cut to the, the, the trees in Central Park where uh, Jessica is attempting to do Tai Chi okay. and to calm down. And, and we keep going back and forth between her trying to do things that are nice and calming for her because there has been a lot going on. It's been a difficult life for Jessica Drew. And then all of the villains that have appeared in the book so far are trying to form a team, the Iraq Nine, I think. And it's funny. It is in the mm-hmm. vein of your superior foes of Spider-Man, or uh, it's very similar to that, I guess, in that way. But it has its own voice. It doesn't feel like I'm just trying to do uh, Hawkeye or, or um, mm-hmm. you know, the Nick Spencer thing. It has its own voice, as this book always has. And I think that's the thing that has really kept me on board of, uh, of this Jessica Drew book for this whole time. And I think there was a volume before it that I was reading. Dennis yes. Hopeless, maybe? Yes. Um. You know, it, it's it's a thing. I don't know that Carla Pacheco, I can't think of any other books that I've seen her on, but this has just been a quality, really fun book. It's creating this whole uh, world around Spider-Woman that um, is unique from the other books that are going on. It's also really consistent because it's been the same people. Uh, Perry Perez and, and Carla Pacheco have, have done, if not all of them, then definitely most of these issues. Uh, yeah. And it first it seemed really arch and and sort of melodramatic and huge but it's sort of leaned into the fact like it's not a full-on satire it's not a funny thing the dramatic 
moments do matter, but it also understands that it is somewhat silly. Supervillains are somewhat silly, and they've created a lot of... That's that's the other thing I think that now that I'm looking at it, that's been interesting is that there's been a rogues gallery built up around Spider-Woman, and it's it's all new. I mean, some of them are characters from other, you know, times and stuff, you know, and, and have existed in other places, but for the most part, it's a huge you know group of villains and foes that have been brought in just for this book, and it's not, you know, Doctor Doom and the Green Goblin, and, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it, like, it, there's her brother, and he tried to come up with a way to synthesize her superpower to save his daughter from getting sick, which she did, so his daughter and Spider-Woman are very close, but he turned into a supervillain, and there's a woman who, like, tried to use him, and she's also a supervillain, but she lost whatever power, kept her young and beautiful, and now she's old and ragged, there's Jessica's mother who turned into some weird melty lizard beast thing from the high evolutionary. It's a, it's very complex. And I feel like this is an issue that rewarded me for having read this all along. Um, and then there's, you know, there's, there's a family aspect mm-hmm. uh, around Jessica where uh, Captain Marvel is like her best friend. And that's been a relationship that was really uh, consistent through the whole thing. And it's just, it's like, a, it's actually a bunch of women in that. There used to be Roger, the, the, hedgehog guy and he's gone because he couldn't take not being loved <coughs> excuse me <laughs> and uh it's it's just so consistent and enjoyable and like the the ongoing meeting that should not have worked as well it should have been like oh i've seen this a thousand times but it just it didn't feel that way and it was it was fun and it was funny i've i've enjoyed uh the art I'm having a difficult time thinking of new things to say about it, but I feel like if you're reading this, it feels like <laughs> a little uh, treat, a little a little part of Marvel that is sort of excellent, but but un you know unexplored and and sort of underappreciated. Uh, and and the it reminds me a lot of um not not in form really, but it reminds me of that that Runaways book, which you know just for you know a couple of years straight, which is like every issue was really satisfying and happy. And when it, like when a Spider-Woman yeah. issue comes out, I'm I'm excited to read it. I'm it's not like it's my favorite book, but this one like it it says in the beginning like no action, no like it took a breath in the middle of it. And like every single thing that these villains do falls apart largely before they even get out of the room. And then they're it, it's just it's a funny. It's a good issue. People should check it out if they haven't. That's my. That's it. That's what I have. It's a good jumping on point, then. No, no. Honestly, it isn't. I think that the joy of it comes from the fact that, like, wow, you. It, it's like looking back at all of these things that have happened over the entire time. Uh, at least this volume is going on, and it's a lot. And it, it's and it's. Right. It shows you that it's um. It feels very haphazard and and um, fast paced at the time, which it is. It's a. It is an action packed book, but. Like looking at it, it, it feels like there's some form to it that maybe you didn't realize as you were going through it, which is, uh, which is always impressive, I guess. And again, for for a, a team mm-hmm. whose names I did not know before this book, I, th- I feel like they're working at a really high level. Um, yeah, I can't think of any other yeah. single mom superheroes out there either, and it really works in this book. I think in a lot of books it doesn't, mm. um, but it is the thing that sets her apart and her personality. I don't think has changed since, you know, Bendis brought her back. It's just, it's just in game. Yeah. No, she's a fun character. I love it. It's a great issue. I think that's all I have. And I know you're not reading it. So no, I'm not. I gave it two tries and I don't, 
I did. I just couldn't stand any of the family stuff. I liked it when it had nothing to do with the family, but I just so bored by the bro- the, bro- the brother and the mom. I just every time they showed up, mm-hmm. I just I dropped the book. That's fine. So. That's it's it's not for you, Connor. Um, moving over to uh, Strange Number One uh, by Jed McKay and Marcelo Ferreira, uh, and and a lot of inkers uh, and colorists. Anyway, um, I would say I was not looking forward to this. Um, because it's mm-hmm. just another replacing a character with a character and the end of Death of Doctor Strange, blah, 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 whatever. I was getting into Doctor Strange as a character in Marvel and it feels weird to do this, but I was pleasantly surprised. I think that we've, we've known from our experience that Jed McKay is a, is a quality comic book writer. Um, and yep. this version of, of, uh, Clea, Cleo, Clea, I think it's Clea. Clear. I found myself interested in it. Uh, she's a very different character than Doctor Strange, and they really lean into this, is that she's sort of a, I don't want to say alien, but she's a different like race species kind of. Than it. She's not a human. She's some sort of cosmic uh, uh, conqueror, you know, princess kind of thing. And she, she's got mm-hmm. a whole different take on things. Um, but she, you know, you know, her job here is to get Doctor Strange back. That's the point of the of the book so far is that she's going to bring him in, and uh, you know, Doom shows up, and because uh, it just um, Doom shows up a lot, and actually people seem to be doing a pretty good job with him because I'm not sick of Doom yet, which is amazing because he's in every other book. But uh, no. he, like, he is in a lot, he is in a lot of books. You're right. She really stands up to him, where he shows up expect. He basically he shows up, and he's like, "You are not the. I should be the Sorcerer Supreme. Give me the Eye of Agamotto." And she's like, "Fuck off." And it really works. It is not just like I will not be spoken to it such a. And then she, you know, she she basically matches him toe to toe. You know, move for she's move. She's the niece of Dormammu. Yeah, that she mentions that. So she's got some clout, and I think that it's played in a good way. And I, and I think that it feels like. I mean, if if you were reading through uh, what's the the Black Cat book, you know, and you're like, wow, Jim mm-hmm. McKay took yeah. this these group of characters and did something with them, I wasn't really. You know, wasn't interested in it or didn't think it was going to be any good. Uh, you know, he seems to be doing that. He seems to be very good at taking groups of underserved characters or even unfamiliar characters and, and really building up a thing around them. And I, like I said, I was just, I was surprised. I was like, all right, I'll read this because it's a thing that's going on. And I, I just, I found myself interested in it. And it felt like it was a mm-hmm. part of the Doctor Strange story, not a diversion from it. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and he, you know, he's going to come back, but she's going to try to resurrect him and it'll go bad or, you know, who knows what it is. But, uh, I think this one even in here even mentions the fact that like, like look around and like all of these people come back. So of course he's going to like, they kind of, maybe that was right. this one. It was in some issue this week. Um, you know, and, uh, Marcelo Ferreira, you know, did great on the art, a really good face character acting, um, magical, you know, shit. <laughs> Going on, the keeping it keeping it comic booky, you know the the that Ditko stuff, but modernized, um, and also sort of creating a couple of uh, uh, new ways that the magic shows itself in like in the city. Like there's an there's an alley where there's a big sort of free marketplace, and how they hide it from the Muggles. I mean, non magical people. Um, <laughs> it's you know Jed McKay's a, a fine writer. Yeah, he is, and and I think and I and he's doing his thing here to keep this book interesting where it could not be. Right. Did you read any books? Newburn number four I read. <laughs> written by Chip Zdarsky and art by Jacob Phillips with letters by Frank Svetkovic. 
Oh, I thought I thought Phillips did the the uh, letters also, like he like his dad. I'm sorry, Fr- Frank Svetkovic did the letters in the backup story. Yeah, and I didn't even read the backup, so yeah. I kind of like. I, I stopped reading the backup. I got bored of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but they've managed to keep this interesting. I I do quite like Newburn, and I do like when it comes out, but I do feel like the page limitation of a single issue now means there's a lot of jumping in the story. Mm-hmm. Meaning, so these are all basically, they're not one and dones or one shots because they're all sort of part of the big tapestry, but each issue is a different case that Newburn is solving. He's the private investigator who works for the the criminal underworld of New York. And it always feels like he, he, he gets to the crime, we meet a little bit about the crime, and then like all of a sudden he solved it, and we don't really know how he stopped. You know what I mean? Like we don't, There isn't enough room to lay out clues or investigative procedure. It's all of a sudden he's just solved it. And I'm not saying, I'm not blaming the creative team. I just think that if you're, you only got 20 pages, it's hard, it's hard to really, if you're going to do any other kind of character development or any other thing, it's hard to really, really do justice to the mystery. You know, mm-hmm. like here, it's just like, he's at this funeral. All of a sudden he just turns and he goes, that guy did it. It's like, wait, what? You know, and that's happened a couple of times in these issues, but that it's just, it is what it is. I, I, what I think is interesting to me about the book is that um, I wasn't really sold on the first issue. Like I was like, it's yep. good, but I'm not super interested. And, and I, the second one came out and I went, am I going to read this? I'll, I'll read it. And I have found that as we go on, uh, I am more, I, I am more interested in it. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I guess I'm trying not to be interested. I found that this issue uh, in particular um, where the cops bring him in and just the way that uh, it's the police benevolence society, which is basically it was just yeah, a real they try thing. to hire him. Yeah. The, the coffee union. They do hire him. They force him into it. Right. They and then him. he has to, he has to play, you know, he has to play it cool. Cause he's, you know, he's always in constant danger because he works with criminal organizations and it, you know, he has to keep his, um, uh, what's the, his um, objectiveness, uh, you know, yep. his, he's not, his impartiality, uh, it, you know, it, it, at the forefront, and I liked that balancing act uh, of the thing, and and you know everything around him is volatile. I don't know that the that the girl character lends a lot of extra to it. That right now she she adds nothing to the story right now. Um, right. Other than yes. so, so occasionally being like the audience's window into the world, only probably through the, her journal. Where she gives us background on what's happening. That's really yeah, the only but sort of, that's the only thing she provides right now to the story. So I'm I'm waiting for her to become interesting in some way. Yeah, but uh, it hasn't quite happened. It, you know, th- it makes sense that there's a person that he can ask to do things and rely on, and, and it isn't just him because just construction wise, I think that that's helpful. Um, but I, I am, I don't know, hooked is too strong, but I'm definitely I'm into it. I'm interested. There's something there for sure. It might be hamstrung by the, like I said, the format. You know, I could see the pitch is easy. Like this guy's going to do a, case, a different case every issue, but it's hard when you're, you know, in the beginning. It's it's looking at the clues, and then he is, there's a fight when these guys try to kill him in his house, and and so we really don't really have any investigative aspect of it. So I guess maybe it's not about the cases so much, but it's when the format's set up that way. It's like, well, he gets he find he you know this this murder happens. And then he's, he just knows who did it. And so it's kind of frustrating for me. But I like it. 
it's just it's just a weird construction. Yeah. And there's no knocking Chip Zdarsky, so as everyone knows, listen to the show, we, we're, we're big fans of his. I think you might be right. Maybe it is the, the limitation of the format. But maybe if you there's think... There's not enough pages to do all the things they're trying to do. Yeah, but that's not like... Satisfying. like Then think of it like a, like a network drama, you know? <laughs> like, uh-huh. where they've only got so much room and they have to be really uh, aggressive about how they fit things in. But I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, it's not bad. I'm always like, oh, Newburn, but... Then I'm like, wait, every, almost every time I go, wait, what? When he gets to the, when he solves the case, because I just, there's just no, I don't, I don't think, think we saw that character before, you know? So it's just like, okay, I guess it's not about the cases. So we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like it's leading somewhere. Yeah. And I'm hoping it does. I hope it leads there in a slightly more direct and satisfying way than Stillwater. Yeah. And so great. Doesn't, not everything has worked. But I, have, I like that he tries lots of different things. Yes, and there's always there's yeah, always absolutely. good things within those within those tries. Like there's those this was a fun issue, even though I was like scratching my head when I got to the end of it. So, new Batman book from Tom King featuring the characters in the movie. Hey, look at that! Batman Killing Time number one, Tom King, David Marquez, and this is a six issue miniseries that takes place in Batman continuity as as opposed to his Batman Catwoman book that takes place after year one prior to Robin. So it's the early early days for Batman. I remember talking to Tom way back when he was first announced as the Batman writer. I sent him an email congratulating him and we chatted a bit about what he thought what he wanted to do with the book. And this felt like what he talked about back then. Because that book he, the book he ended up writing was not the book he ended up talking about in those emails with me. Which is huh. this Feels like classic, solid, and solid sounds like too low, too less of a word, but just a classic Batman story. And it features, you know, Tom King's interesting construction, which this is all, you know, it's all about the hours and the time of the events, but it's just a solid Batman story. And also, one thing I thought of while reading this was that we very rarely get the third person narration anymore. It's almost always the main character's first-person narration. So to have this omnipresent narrator breaking down, you know, the time that everything occurs, it it was nice because it felt like an old comic. It felt like a classic Batman comic. I love this issue. This is probably my pick of the week. I have a confession. Didn't notice it. Didn't read it. I'm looking at it right now. But it's interesting that you point it that way because is there another guy, girl, person, creator working in mainstream comics who is so aware of the form no and of the history of the form right you know like like the way that he does comics and they're all different they just make you think about like i feel like he's going through archives and going oh this is how they did it at this point let's let's try this this is how they did it a different way let's try this mm-hmm. and it's not it's not remarkably, you know, I don't know, I don't know. It's not revolutionary. It's not like you've created a new thing, but you're saying like let's look at it's almost like the way that a great musician does it. You know, like a like a jazz musician mm-hmm. or something like that where you this is how they played, you know, this kind of thing in the 30s and and um it's really interesting. I just I it's I I, th- I don't think everybody should do it cuz I think it would get old really fast, but like to have that be his thing. Right. As to just, you know, sort of play within genres isn't the right word but like the eras of comic book storytelling and looking at how they 
you know, were constructed and then modernizing them in a way, you know, playing with the, with the genres, the romance comic and the other one. Mm-hmm. I'll read this immediately. I'm sorry, everyone. I let you down. There's a great page, page 12, where Killer Croc is tearing up the bank, and it's just this beautifully constructed circular uh, framing of the debris um, as he whips it behind him. It's just, Marquez has quickly become, you know, one of the best comic book artists working. And, you know, if you thought you were sick of Batman Catwoman, this is a very different Batman and Catwoman relationship. This is not at all a romance. She, She is early, brutal, villainous Catwoman, which was nice to read. Isn't it really interesting that, like, he doesn't... Bendis always reads like Bendis. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like Tom King can go, oh, I'll do a different time. I mean, uh, Grant Morrison can do that. Mm-hmm. Grant Morrison's the guy who can do that. N- not a lot of people can change their voice, but not change their voice, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cool. Yeah. It's really cool. I'll read this immediately. Dark Knights of Steel number five. This is um, not quite the halfway point. That would be the next issue, but we're, we're getting through this Tom Taylor, Yasmin Putri miniseries, and here we had the big uh, character turn, which I was, I, I was legit, legitimately shocked by. In fact, when I turned the, the digital page and, and the big moment happened, I went, oh! But then I thought, well, all right, I guess we're doing this. But um, So I was of two minds at the big character moment turn here where... Uh, spoilers, or Superman stabs Batman in the stomach with his kryptonite uh, shard and uh, drops him from the sky, which doesn't matter because he's got the same powers, so it doesn't hurt him. But um wasn't expecting that turn, even though he, not necessarily evil, but bad Superman has been done to death. I mean, it, it, you know, he did injustice. Right. So um, it's it's not unfamiliar ground it makes sense within the context of the narrative that they're telling here because what's the what's the other side like they're what's the conflict they become friends and fight the war together and win right sure you, you know you can't have two supermen which is what batman is here because he's his brother right so i get it i'm not complaining totally i was just like oh okay all right i'm not i'm not in love with this mm-hmm. i i like it and i appreciate it and uh but i don't i'm not hooked in the way that I was for um, deceased, mm-hmm. where I could I could not wait. Like it's more like impressive mm-hmm. than it is, uh, you know, it must read. I guess like oh, is it one of these? This will probably be interesting. It's kind of how I look at it. Not not. Oh, I can't wait to find out what happens next. It's hard because there's a lot of world building. You know, it's a DC set mm-hmm. in the fantasy realm, and it's much better than his Dark Ages book at Marvel because that just doesn't have enough issues. That's only six issues and we're, mm-hmm. we're almost done with it. It's like, you're building a whole new world here and you're, not, you're, you're barely giving us a taste of it. Whereas here, at least he's got 12. Um, and you get to have fun things. Like, I, I thought the whole Poison Ivy Wonder Woman sequence was terrific and uh, the Yasmin Putri art was great in that, that sequence. With the, there's a, I'm looking at page 11 where Wonder Woman kicks a tree. It's a, like, it gets really dynamic and... Um, canted angle and she's all exaggerated but uh it's almost like this guy you know this needs to be like a deceased length book if you're really going to dig into this world it might be i mean who knows yeah i think what's cool about it is that um not everything is the obvious choice one-to-one a lot of times people will do these kinds of stories and they make everything exactly the same but in different costumes basically right 
you know, all the characters are coming from the same place. I think what does keep this interesting is that his construction of it is not completely straightforward. And the characters are, are largely, you can take two approaches with the characters. You can take the character and say, this character is exactly the same as they are in the comic books that you know, but they're in a different place in time. Mm-hmm but they have the same personality. And this one sort of takes more of the approaches. Yeah, but these are all the things that have happened to them. How do they react? Right. You know, how do they, how would they be different than what you expect? What if you change the relationships a little bit? So there's no Ma and Pa Kent. Uh, well, there you know, is. Instead, they have, they have, I know, but, but for Superman. Right. Like he didn't grow up with Ma and Pa Kent. He, you know, so now Batman's going to, and Batman lost his parents, but now he's the one who has, you know, adoptive parents, you know, they're both older, so it's different. I, I don't know. But those are the things that I think keep it interesting to me. Because yes. if it was if it was all just one-to-one, like, this is Batman, but they have horses, right. you know, it's not as interesting. We've seen that a lot, It's just which is mostly just like, doesn't that look cool? I'm going to pitch that book to DC. This is Batman, but with horses. Grant Morrison already did that. <laughs> and it was great. <laughs> was that he did did he do what was the one where he's riding around on on the horse oh there's a lot of times is that or was that was that tom king's batman he did in tom king's i mean he's done all uh, the dark knight returns he rode a horse like he, he's got horses well he's he's of the gentry yeah of course he's got stables like that's what they do he, he yeah and who takes care of those horses alfred and who's dead right now alfred who's also dead right now the horses because no one's fed them <laughs> no one talks about the horses no poor horses uh, I, I enjoy this book. Yeah. I don't. I don't love it, but I do quite like it. Um, yeah, I'd say that's right. I'm excited for it when it comes out because I do think the it's a whole package adventure. It's it's just fun. It's a nice little Elseworlds story that drawn really well and written really well. Yeah, I'd say that that pretty much sums it up. I like a what if book. If mm-hmm. I see there's a what if book and it's anything that I'm sort of into, uh, I'll go get the what if book. So here we have what if uh, Miles Morales became Captain America number one. This will be a series of I don't know how many I want to say six, but I don't know if that's true. Where like the next one is what is what if Miles Morales becomes um, Wolverine? Yeah, technically the title is what if Miles Morales because they're doing different things every time. Whatever. It's dumb. It's dumb. Yeah. So I tried it. Based on that, <laughs> and uh, Paco Medina was on art, and that I didn't recognize Cody Ziegler as, as the writer, but Paco Medina on art, I said, okay, well, the, the, he's a, he's a veteran, that's going to be a thing. How are they going to go with this? Yeah, and it wasn't great. <laughs> I I yeah. kind of wanted it to be. Um, there was there's a basically they're doing exactly what we just talked about. Is they're retelling the story, and everybody's kind of the same. Except, like, so Prowler uh, basically tried... <laughs> That's a really dumb conceit at the beginning where uh, Jeff, no longer Jefferson Davis. Wow. I just, right. I can't Jeff get over Davis. it. Jeff Davis. Um, is, like, he's in charge of, in some, in some army base, he's in charge of the Captain America room that has his shield and the, the super soldier serum program, which they can't replicate blah 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 which we've seen in the other comics and uh mm-hmm. and aaron just kind of in his like regular fatigue just kind of steals a tube of it <laughs> like i'm like there's no security around this it looks like a, it looks like <laughs> it looks like a convenience store with super serious serum soldier he just takes it home and i mean that would be the most 
sought after thing on the base. Yes. Every soldier would be trying to be just taking it. Yeah, and and like the, his actually stealing it doesn't take place. It doesn't make sense. Anyway, he puts it in his fridge. Miles is over at the house, and he's like, "What's this?" Opens it up, breathes in the fumes, becomes Captain America. It's it's a quick way That's to get funny. to you to the point. Yeah. And the the conceit is basically that Prowler, who loves his his nephew, which we which has been established and everything, becomes jealous and envious of the fact that that Miles got the power and then he didn't, which I didn't buy, um, to a certain extent. And you know, this is kind is of the a, ending tragic. No, this, no, no. It kind of they, they open up a portal to other worlds, uh, and he's like at one point he looks in it and he sees himself as Wolverine, Thor. Oh, no. uh, I don't know if that's Colossus, and then and then himself in the six one six Spider Man, and and then he kind of goes into the portal, and the next is what if Miles Morales, you know, became Wolverine, and oh, it was fine. They, he, uh, the girl who is the the Vulture's, um, the Vulture's niece, nephew, daughter, whatever she is, is in the regular book. She becomes Falcon in this. Um, they're a couple. It's secret. Um, they talk to each other in um, Gen Z language a lot, like a lot mm. more than the other book. And it, I can't tell if it's real or it's forced and just feels fake. So that was a little off-putting. But maybe, I don't know, maybe for 20 and you read this, you'd be like, well, this is absolute fire. I don't know. They wouldn't say absolute. I know that much. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't read this. I, you asked earlier if I, had, I read anything. I had 26 books this week, so there was not a lot of adding new books. This, this you know, If there was new things that came out, it was very tough to get um me to pick it up because i had too many books mm-hmm. but um i feel like this is in the mold of the cartoon where everything was in a shared universe and it all crossed over that's what it sounds like they're doing yeah makes sense um i i've you know i'm very strict <laughs> what if more like code like it has to be a sad book it has to end in tragedy because that's the whole point of the what if book so the new modern everybody has to feel good all the time book i'm not interested in I realized the other day that I did not finish that show. I enjoyed it well enough, but I yeah. just stopped watching it and then forgot about it. Yeah, you, you made the right choice. Yeah. <laughs> Rogue Sun, number one, was a book I did take a flyer on from Image uh, from a creative team I've never heard of. Ryan Parrott was the writer and art by Abel, the mysteriously named Abel. I like Kane's work. Is this, just, is this the biblical Abel who has lived for thousands of years only to become a comic artist? Um, <laughs> Abel's work is... Is strong, uh, very kind of reminiscent of Dan Mora esque. Um, this is the story of a superhero in New Orleans called Rogue Son, and he ends up getting killed, and uh, the mantle falls to his ne'er do well son who, from his previous marriage, and uh, much to the chagrin of his current kids. Um, I didn't love it, but it was interesting and different. And as much as I hated the main character who was written to be an obnoxious asshole teenager, I was like, God, they're really dialing this up for this guy. But um, the conceit was interesting that this sort of, you know, inheritance happens that you know, you know, he did, they didn't know he was a superhero. They didn't know anything. It just, you know, he didn't know anything about it. All of a sudden he's, he's a superhero. And then, you know, he, he has to go confront his dad's basically his, his dad's joker. Uh, who kicks his ass because this kid doesn't know what he's doing. He's not. He doesn't. He has no training. So I enjoyed it. I'm going to give it a second issue. I saw it and I thought um, I don't. I don't. I, nothing but the conceit 
sort of made me want to read it, but um, that's good. It was solid. I, I didn't love it, but it was it was a solid enough read for a second issue. Fun. Hey, speaking of fun, you you don't are you reading the Alien book still? I didn't I didn't move on to the second arc. Okay. I don't remember why. I think because I really did like the first arc. Yeah. Um, I think what happened was the week the second arc started, I either had a giant week or I missed it, and then I just then it was just like, uh, well, too late. You weren't on the show, the I think. I remember I talked about it with Maybe. Jim Biscardi at some point. Well, I've been reading it all the way through. We're 20 issues in. Philip Kennedy Johnson, Salvador No, we're 10 issues in. 10, 10, 10 that issues. That makes a lot more sense. 10 yeah. issues. I have fat fingers. Yeah. Um, 10 issues in makes a lot more sense. But, you know, that said, it's fun. Like, it, it, it's, it's exactly what you want it to be. It's not too much. It's not too little. They basically, they just went somewhere else. And here's another story about right. Whalen yutani and the aliens. This one's like a religious colony on some planet. And surprise, everyone's killed. Uh, if there's a secret <laughs> robot. Like, it's not, it's not reinventing the wheel. But it is, it does the menace of the xenomorph really well. Right. And it, it's it's one of those things you wouldn't think would work as well as it does in comics, but it really works well in comics. There's been lots of alien comics, and it works. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and it just it feels like it's supposed to. It's a lot better than the later movies that tried to explain everything. It's just like, no, here we're going to go to this planet, and the aliens are going to kill a bunch of people, and one or two people are going to get away, but an alien's going to be with them. That's the story. Hmm. That's the story every time. That's the story it should be. So dad did it. It doesn't need it doesn't need another <laughs> we do not need to uh uh reinvent that wheel. It's it's such no. uh, it's such a and because of its primordial like you just feel the thing. Man's hubris in the face of alien. Yeah, and and also just like, you know, gets him every time. nature's going to get you. This is be- this thing's better than you and it's yeah. terrifying and you're going to lose. You can't fight nature. And I I I just I just like the the different variations on that same theme it's like a 12 bar blues just do that it's gonna be fine uh i i I always look forward to this and i think they come out you know monthly maybe even yeah probably even a little longer than that and i'm cool with that every time one shows up i'm like great let's do this again uh yeah so i'm just still reading it still gonna read it two issues from now there'll be a new arc and we'll have nothing to do with one before so you can just jump on well maybe that's what i'll do crossover number 12 from image I keep talking about this book because it's so fucking weird, and I don't know the point of it, but this issue is half written by Robert Kirkman. Normally it's written by Donny Cates, who writes the second half. The first half's all Robert Kirkman, withdrawn by Phil Hester with Klaus Janssen on inks, and that's the point. I'm, that's the part of the issue I want wow. to talk about. Um, uh, so the story of this book has been that the comic book characters have crashed to the real world, and someone's been murdering comic book creators, and I think... Even though it doesn't make any sense, I think they're saying here that, that Negan has been the murderer from The Walking Dead. Uh, he showed up at the end of last issue, and he's all black and white in the in a color world. And it, here he goes to the Kirkman estate, which has a giant statue of Kirkman outside of it. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the part that Kirkman wrote. And Negan goes into the house, and it's full of toys and statues and, and like pinball machines. And he's like, does a fucking adult live here? And then... He proceeds to smash it all up with Lucille, and then Kirkman comes out. What the fuck's going on, man? And then they they have a long talk conversation. Negan's all pissed off that Kirkman ruined his life by making it so tragic. And you know, why did you do this to me? It seems like you're taking pleasure in 
in making my life miserable and you know it's the creator creator thing and uh and then <laughs> and then Negan brutally murders Kirkman with with Lucille just destroys his face with in the, in the worst walking dead way like his eyes are hanging out everywhere his brains like it's it was pretty brutal <laughs> Kirkman wrote himself getting murdered by his creation there's uh that makes sense it was that part was funny and then the rest of it was Donny Cates has now made himself a main character in the book and at one point he stabs somebody else with a word balloon tail like he he reaches for it, grabs it out of the, the out of the panel and stab like I don't know what the fuck's going on out here this is but anytime you've talked about it I think that sounds interesting I don't want to read it <laughs> it's just I like I like so that weird. it exists. I I really do. I like that it's a thing that's there, not super, but it sounds like at the very least the people making it and the people featured in it are probably having a great time. Oh yeah, because it keeps you know he keeps having you know people come in to write their characters. Bendis came in to write the Powers stuff. Kirkman's writing the Walking Dead characters. Like they seem to be having a great time, you know, doing this meta story with their own characters. It's a jam. I just don't I don't get the overall po- story or point, but. I, I, I laughed reading the first half. Kirkman got to take the piss out of himself, which was fun. Yeah. Hey, those are the comics we wanted to talk about this week. There's a lot of comics, but those are the ones we wanted to talk about. But the patrons over at patreon.com slash ifanboy get to vote to add a book to the rundown. And this week, the overwhelming favorite was Radio Spaceman, number one from Dark Horse Comics, written by Mike Mignola, with art by Greg Henkel. The colors, as always, by Dave Stewart, and letters, as always, by Clem Robbins, the team from Dark Horse, from, or at least from the Mignola books. And this was apparently from the, from what I read on the uh, little blurb, based on just a random drawing that that Mignola did on his Instagram of Radio Spaceman, and people loved the character, or at least loved the drawing so much they turned it into a little story. This is a little, this is a little two issue story. What what you just said makes sense. Greg Hinkle, man, he's he we love Greg Hinkle. Yep. He 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 drew that awesome Airboy book that we all adored, and some other great stuff. He is so fucking good. Yeah. 100%. And, uh, I, I, this was, this was to steal a phrase delightful. I had a great time reading this. It's a, it's a fun little space adventure that looks beautiful. It's really amazing that like, he doesn't, he doesn't draw like Mike Mignola, but no. it between it's in the family, bet- I don't even know, but, but like, like Dave Stewart makes all the connecting tissue and the, but now the radio spaceman part, you know, like that part, you know, you can see Mignola in there, but it's yeah. it's still a very different style. Like when you cut then to the the old man in the chair and and the the way that I don't know, it's just it's a it's a really interesting way that does make you think of Mignola. But when I look at the page and the panels, like I'm like I don't see it there. But then when I back up and mm-hmm. I defocus my eyes, you know, and that's the coloring to a certain extent, but. The, you know the there's there's panels and there's compositions that that are Mignola, I guess, and designs. The designs are like Mignola. I don't know. It is a really cool uh, um, thing to have it work the way it does. Because I wouldn't have said, "Oh, this is going to be one of those guys who works with Mignola." Because a lot of times there, mm-hmm. there's a style. There's a. I don't want to say house style, but you know, there's a guy. I, right. I wouldn't have pictured him for this, but it worked really well. Oh, the machinery and stuff is very cool. Yeah, an old man wakes up in his giant house full of architect uh, scientific drawings and knickknacks and things, and he plugs himself into this machine through his chest, 
after getting a phone call that seems to hook in this crazy science room that he has that seems to hook him up to this uh, Radio Spaceman character. I guess maybe he's controlling him. But um, and then there, in the little space adventure, he's off in space. He he lands on a planet. There's some dead people from the, another ship that landed there, and he's looking for this missing doctor. He has a little shootout with the local dog people who live there. <laughs> I thought it was a great fight scene. There's a nice little moment where he runs out of battery power and has to use his hammer. Like, this is all, this is a fun adventure. They're very pulpy. They're going to sacrifice the doctor to the, to Gargoom. <laughs> She's going to be the bride of Gargoom. Like, I, 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 I enjoyed the hell out of this. I enjoyed it. I thought it was really cool. I like that comics like this exist. I think it's fun. It isn't, the, the, you know, the other side of that is like, there's not a, a big narrative or anything. And so no, I, do, just a, I don't find yeah. myself being very connected to it in terms of I, I don't really pay attention to what happens next as much as I look at each page like that's really cool, but that doesn't tend to be memorable for me outside of the experience. If that if like I mm-hmm. I like that it exists, I like having the experience, but I don't I'm not super drawn to it. Like if if this came out again, I wouldn't I don't know what happened exactly, but it's kind of not the point. Eh, I think it's like a nice little animated short. I mean, I, yeah. I really, which is I the thing I don't. Fun. It's, it's almost. I I don't like shorts all that much. You know what I mean? Like it's one yeah. of those. The, I don't not like it. I really enjoyed it, but I'm also like it's it's not my favorite kind of thing. Basically, how's that? I like that he was able to sort of add his monster aesthetic to an alien world. So there's basically a vampire on this planet, but yep. she's an alien. You know, but just does turn into a bat. Um, so it's sort of like a different take on what he normally does, which is not, you know, with Hellboy, it's, uh, you know, monsters and creatures on earth here. It's aliens, but it's similar. So he gets to do more spacey pulp stuff. At some point, one of the characters is like, oh, for like, he gets those Hellboy, uh, I'm trying to find it, but you know, like, oh crap. One of those sort of basic, uh, frustrated (laughs) exclamations. So it's like, oh, that's definitely yeah. because Manuela wrote the script. A lot of times, when you see Manuela's name on something, he just says the plot. Uh, yeah, yeah, they don't do the dialogue, but he actually did that. He'll just say to something. I, I picture like he's like, do like this, and then this happens, and this, and then he's out. <laughs> then he just just put my name on the front; it'll sell. And here's a lot of silent stuff, which I like too. Yeah, I did too. Which lets Greg, Hink- Greg Hinkle really shine. I thought this was fun. Uh, Radio Spaceman number one, Dark Horse Comics. <laughs> ratings out of five that, wait, that's it uh, um, the one of the dog guys goes son of a you know he's rubbing his head <laughs> yeah, right. like, there he is <laughs> after he got clocked yep. with a hammer then he gets attacked which by Gargoon, say. which you don't want i would um i'm gonna give this a four and a half i really liked it four that was beautiful four which is almost all for the next issue craft and Yes. So you're sticking with it. Yes. The fact that it's two is helpful. <laughs> Patreon.com slash iFanboy. That's where you can vote how to work the rundown. Thanks to all the patrons who vote. We want to take a really 
quick moment. Uh, that happened. That last review, Radio Space Man, happened because uh, you, the patrons, uh, voted on it, and that was the thing we chose. So make sure to get to patreon.com slash iFanboy, and you will get your chance to be involved with the show like that. You directly support the show. That's that's what is going on. But also, you can get the patron pick. You can unlock shows for everybody. You can be a part of a good community. The next stretch goal is coming up is to add comic book television coverage. But Nope, nope, nope. It's not now. The next stretch goal is a media explosion. Oh, show. is it? Yeah. Oh, is it? Is that so, what are you saying, Connor? <laughs> yeah. So you know, uh, times are tough. Everyone's having it's it's tough out there. Inflation's running rampant. There's a war going on. Um, you know, uh, we've dipped below the the threshold for media explodes, which totally understandable. Um, we dipped below them this week for the first time in, in since 2019, since we introduced the media explode. Uh, we dipped back over it as some of the patrons uh, recognized that we were under it and they upped their contribution, which we appreciate. But then we dipped down below it again and then we dipped back up. We're on a roller coaster because we're right on the edge. Any given day, uh, we might be below the threshold for the media explode. So uh, for a year, for well over a year, we were comfortably above that threshold, which is why we brought you so many media explodes. But um, we had planned on recording the media explode on March 21st. So if we get to that point and we're below, we, 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 you know, there won't be a media explode this month. So if you're someone who enjoys a, this show, what we do, or B, the media explodes in general, and you've, you haven't been a patron, you thought about being a patron, this might be a great time to do so. If you're a current patron, we would never say, Hey, you got to up your contribution because you're already supporting us. We would never say it. if you are, thank you, but you don't have to, um, we love doing the media explodes. Ron was Ron was really bummed when we went below it because he likes coming back to do the media explodes. But um, that's you know the nature of the stretch goal. So if we are below it, we can't do it. Um, so if you thought about supporting us at all, this would be a great time to do it because uh, we like doing those shows. So this would be the big Oscar pre Oscar show, which actually last year was one of our most popular shows of all the media explodes. So um, if uh, if you thought if you thought about it, this would be a great time to do it because otherwise we're We'll see where we go. At this very moment, I think we're right at the, the point of doing it. But again, day to day, we go up and down because we're right at that point. What happens if we record it and then in the time between we record it and going to put it out, it goes back down again? As long as it's as long as it's there before recording. So we're not gonna we're not gonna bank Which, it. We're not that. You don't get to yeah. listen to this. All right, now so taking our ball and going home. Thanks everyone uh, f- for getting involved. Yes. Uh, again, we're eternally grateful. Um, whatever has to happen has to happen, uh, and and you know if you're giving, then you are, and it's it's great. I appreciate it. If not, keep listening to whatever's here. We're totally fine with that. There are no freeloaders. Uh, get over to ifanboy.com. There are twelve designs you can put on t-shirts and stuff. Our newest design, gosh, is there. You can go to ifanboy.com/support where there is a PayPal link uh, for doing donations directly. If you want to do it that way, there's ifanboy.com/amazon where you can buy books from the Booksplode. You'll find a general link to Amazon. You'll see a link to the pick of the week and to the music. Uh, on the on the show post every single week. And then finally, uh, look out for links on the website for bookshop.org, uh, which partners with local bookstores book uh, to help you buy books from those uh, wonderful, important businesses. Uh, so thank you to everybody who does any of those things. Uh, we appreciate you immensely. And as we talked about before, patreon.com slash ifanboy is the people who direct support the show. They get to vote in the books, but they also get... A superpower live on the show if they give it the five dollar or higher level, like these two gentlemen have, and who are now going to get their superpowers. Go. First up is my man Brandon Daniels. Mm-hmm. Brandon Daniels, he's an orb caster. He casts various orbs 
that do orb-like things. Orbcaster. He's an orbcaster. You've given him a name. I, well, it's more of a like what a. Would, uh, wait, it's, what it's, would an it's, orb do? What would one? Like, give me an example of an orb. Oh, an orb. <laughs> an orb. I got one, just one. one. One random orb. Give out some light. I'm sure you've thought this through. I think you've, I'm sure you've got this all written Let's out. Get some light or some, some heat. Is it orb? <laughs> I did this last week. You can't do a light no, no, orb. It's not. You said a sun. You said a sun. I said orbs. Yeah. This is an orb. Orbs. I see. Orb. Yeah, I just... Would you say it's like a mini orb, like a small orb? It's an you orb caster. At the same time? There's, there's many orbs <laughs> that have many <laughs> orb-like properties. This is my orb. It does what I want. <laughs> there are many orbs like it, but this one is fine. <laughs> but this is mine. <laughs> it's an orb caster. Well, you know, orbs orbs can like, you know, they can do a lot of from bowling, or or uh, perhaps you can. Is there like a, you could gaze into it and and yeah, can he gaze learn. into it and see the future? One of his orbs. He's an orb caster, Connor. He casts orbs. <laughs> I don't. I you know I didn't come here for some kind of Spanish Inquisition about orbs. He's an orb. He's an orb caster, and I don't I make see. this up. I, I, Are these orbs gold? No, that's because stupid. Why would they gold. be gold? <laughs> no, they're like uh, like bubbles. I I picture them as glass like. Uh huh. Casts an orb. He's an orb caster. Like, I don't. I didn't come here to be questioned. Here's the thing about Brandon. Brandon's friends and family are really just sick of orbs at Christmas. Oh my god. They're like they're like oh thanks another glass orb. Can you hear the sound of walking through his house and just be like clank <laughs> rolling orbs everywhere. Oh, sorry about that. I got there's orbs. I got orbs piled yeah, up I all got over drunk the place. Last night, there's like orbs everywhere. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Craig Karst has total <laughs> pocket control. Wow. Meaning he can add or remove or change pockets on any clo- piece of clothing. If you know, he's like, man, this. I really got this. I gotta put this thing in my. Po- I gotta put this thing somewhere, but I don't have a pocket big enough. Craig can expand your pocket. And you can put a glass orb into that pocket now. Or, is it, wait, is this like a know, Doctor Who kind of like the 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 what is on the inside isn't necessarily the same as what is on the outside? Well, he, no, he just no, he, not, it's not like Mary Poppins. He's okay. just like the, the sun is a pocket big enough to make an, put an orb that, in it because that is not going to uh, work on a pair of pants. Even even a relatively right, it's look funny. A reasonable sized orb is not going to be comfortable. It's it's going to be funny looking po- pocket, but or you know. Uh, a lot of dresses don't have pockets. All of a sudden, now, Craig, courtesy of Craig, those dresses have pockets. Or uh, you look like you're smuggling you know, orbs over there. <laughs> so there's a zipper <laughs> issue with the pocket. You know, if you want to zip that pocket shut, he can add a zipper to your pocket. He's just got total pocket control. Can I tell you? Can I tell you a thing that bothers me in in life, in mm-hmm. regular life? So sure. I am not a I'm not long legged. And mm-hmm. what happens is sometimes on certain kinds of pants, athleisure pants uh, in particular, they will put a pocket uh, on the thigh or the lower sort yep. of end towards near the knee. And I can't, ever, the knee, yep. I can't ever use them because the object drops slightly below my knee and therefore <laughs> impairs uh, the movement of that knee. You got to stop putting orbs in your pocket. Well, <laughs> what, can, what can I say? I, <laughs> I walk around. I love an orb. <laughs> I love orbs. You know, what am I, I got some orbs. Yeah, it's not my fault. <laughs> I see an orb. I gotta buy it. Yeah, I gotta. That's why I love Brandon. Good. I'm like, hey, can you help? Can you hook me up? He's like, what kind do you need? I was like, something blue. He's like, sure. It's an orb. He's an orb caster. He casts orbs. <laughs> Patreon.com/slash/ifanboy. That's where you can go get the five, at the five dollar high level. Get your superpower live in the show, like Brandon and Craig. Thank you for being patrons. Let's do an email from Shane C. 
who says, with this week having, oh, this is an email from last week, with, I'll say, with last week having two big comic stories that came to a close, Primordial and Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, I'm left with wondering if anyone knows how to create a great ending to a story. To be honest, I don't think I really ever knew what was going on in Primordial, but it had some great art. Help me find a story that had a great ending. What comic series do you feel had the best ending? Yes, I don't care if you spoil it for me. And clearly, we disagree because Supergirl was the pick of the week. But yeah, but the, the, endings the, are hard. Endings are the hardest part, and and it's hardest part of storytelling. And it, in it, every medium, yeah, and it's the part where it can ruin anything that happened before it. Like it, it will, it will. It, all of the good feelings that you had, I think, will be, will be impacted by what they choose to do at the end. I. Yeah, and it's, so it's always the thing. It's the amazing thing, like when somebody sticks the landing. It's going to be an obvious answer to anybody who 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 knows me and talks about comics. But um, I think the ending to Preacher is probably my favorite ending in comics. I knew you were going there. Yeah, that wasn't a hard one, but it's also the first thing I thought of. Um, you know, the the I don't want to spoil it. Not, I mean, I, I know that Shane doesn't care, but um, yeah, you don't have to spoil it. Just to say that that's that's what you know, you know what happens ending. with the characters. Uh, you know, the the it's a western, so there's literally riding off into the sunset that happens. Um, yeah, that's that's my favorite. I think a lot of the good, you know, a lot of the classics, the ones that have survived this mm-hmm. long, survive because they're. They had an ending. So Watchmen, if Watchmen was amazing, that is a Watch- shitty ending. Yeah. You know, like we wouldn't be talking Dark about Never it. Returns. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the '86 uh, ones. What do you? Are there others? Like it's hard to. I, uh, the, we, I remember us. I remember. I remember enjoying the Why the Last Man ending. I don't remember the details, but I remember we all enjoyed it. it. Made you cry. Um, I made everybody cry. Uh, it, that same Lucifer was actually always one of my favorite endings. Um, it had focused on uh, this little girl Elaine the whole time, and uh, it was a really strong ending. Um, I don't remember the details. As, as of a it side either. note, I I I bailed out of Primordial. I just didn't get it. I, I don't know it. what it is. I it was you. It was referred to. It was that to... Jeff Lemire space uh, story oh. from Image it, that was like the space race, and mm-hmm. it was like uh, the dog uh, Laika was the character. Right, and, right, right. Kind like of it was in like another dimension. I think I read the first. I, first I, through, I was like, I don't, I don't understand what's happening here, and I just well, I, I think. There's and there's different, you know. A lot of comics don't have an ending because they're ongoing and they never really put one in. Yeah, they'll come yeah, up with. There's sort of, no third act for most comics. And it, like yeah. endings in uh, superhero comics, even if they have an ending. But arcs have endings. Yeah, arcs have endings. Yeah, but even those, like, there's you know nothing's permanent. But when you and then you've got the long, long, long term story. Um, you know, 50, 60, 100 issues or something like that. And they might have an ending, but they might have planned way too much time in the middle before you get to it. And so, like, right. a lot of it, you know, like, I, I never got to the ending of 100 Bullets because there was so right. much in the middle uh, that, that I just sort of lost track of. I'm trying to think, like, you know, my mind goes with a lot of the vertigo, like, scalped. Um, yeah, but those, I like that those uh, are constructed like novels, you know, yeah. and that have an end. Like, to me, it's all about if you start the story and you don't know what the ending is, you're in a lot of trouble. You know, the, like, like, yeah, but also things can change. You're, you're writing these stories for five, yes. six, seven years. Things, you know, what you plan may not work anymore. No, absolutely. But you have to be sort of working towards something. And if that changes on you organically as you go along and you find something that makes more sense than what you had in mind, that's something. But, um, which is I what believe I think we happens enjoyed a lot. the Invincible and Walking Dead endings, didn't we? 
It's amazing so, that as you ask this question, I'm like, I can't seem to remember any endings other than the first couple I just mentioned to you. <laughs> I mean, look, I think I think they have. I think you know, I thought uh, you know the ending of Mister Miracle was terrific. That was the pick of the week, the final yeah. issue. Um, the ending of uh, uh, shit. I'm blanking, but yeah, there's. I mean, there's lots of good endings out there, but they're hard. They're very hard. There's there can be very unsatisfying endings. I think there there might and be the more. Of, I, Indiana I, Jones' Last Crusade was a great ending. I think we we we, we f- focus on. I think it's hard to remember. Like there's so many, like I don't even expect great endings in comic books for the most part. So I I kind of find myself pleasantly surprised when there is one. I guess, but but I've also just trained myself in comics that like will these go on and on. All Star Superman. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a that's a great one. I remember We Three, which is three issue Grant Morrison Frank Quitely story had had a great right. ending. Vertigo. I, I don't know what it is about, but that period of Vertigo really did it right a lot of times because I think that they had editorial, they had full on really editors. They said it. you've got to have yeah. your plan and do the thing. Whereas over at Image, it's a little more catch as catch can. And and then there's also sort of right, a, they're on their own. Like at Vertigo, you kind of you know for the most part you knew if you were going to get to finish it or not. It, it and I feel like it, an image, you know, half the series don't even they just they just fade off. They just stop. Yeah, pod fade. <laughs> yeah, so Vertigo was the gold uh, standard. Yeah, I mean, there's there's tons of good comic endings out there. Just that sometimes they don't work. Sometimes they're not as satisfying. But I think them, I feel like more often than not, they're at least they at least. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like when I really hated an ending in a comic, and I can't think of one. Not that it hasn't happened, but I just don't think about them. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, it might be the case. I don't think we had a good answer mm-hmm. for this. I think we had we had some no, good we endings. Gave of, we gave a lot of the comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fine. Yeah, I also like Supergirl. The Supergirl ending was great. It was. Well, like if you take if you, so, what about like the the bigger story? So like Infinity Gauntlet or. Uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, or you know things. Both like great that. endings. Yeah, yeah. I tend to think of moments uh, in those, like oh, Captain America. But you think about those because they and they they were satisfying. The one I think the ones that weren't satisfying, you just don't think about anymore. Mm-hmm. You know. You know what's funny is that I don't think that I remember bad endings of comics as much as I remember comics that had no endings because they just stopped. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's part of it. Like I was just thinking about Southern Bastards, and I was like, oh, it just stopped. They stop making it, you know? Right. Or if you're reading Saga now, like, I get this sense, like, I'm like, there's never going to be an ending to this, is there? They, they've said 108 issues. I, I get it, but... It, Which, by the way, it's already, with the next volume, will we'll match the length of Why the Last Man, so it's going to be twi- two Why the Last Man's long. I feel like those issues go really fast, though. <laughs> they always do. I mean, they also, also, they come out once a year, so that's a problem. There's three panels a page. Yeah. Rashad B, with the new Amazon update for Comixology, effectively removing most of its features, such as the app wish list, uh, recently purchased, recently downloaded archive comics, deleting your entire comics library when updating, etc. So much so that the Comixology search engine is not just the Amazon.com search engine. What do you think the future of digital comics is? After this update, many digital readers, such as myself, have stopped purchasing digital comics and are currently contemplating giving up the hobby altogether. I do not want to be a physical reader. He says we, but I don't want to speak, can't speak for everybody. He does not want to be a physical reader. According to Bleeding Cool, asterisk, Comicology no longer <laughs> provides the guided comics tool function anymore. Publishers now have to do that themselves before submitting comics to them. 
Bleeding Cool also stated that these changes are implemented because Amazon makes more money from Kindle comic sales than from comicsology sales. Do you think this was the last nail in the coffin for digital digital comics? No. No. I mean, digital comics aren't going to go anywhere as a thing if the form changes. Um, I got to say, for me, for the way that I use the comics reader, it hasn't been a big deal. Now, I'm not doing a lot of exploring on it. I know the things I need. They're sort of arranged in a way that I'm used to. It's a little different. Uh, reading The reading experience hasn't changed all that much for me. And I'm not managing a large collection of stuff that I have to go back and search through. I pretty much look at what comes out this week and move, move forward like that. I understand there's a big difference and there's consternation. Uh, it, it, it hasn't been all that disruptive for my day to day. I was worried that it might be, but it's, it's just – it's every time they change a thing, they, they change it. And it's just different and it feels like it's going to be a big thing. And then either you walk away or you get used to it. Or, or also, it could get better. Yeah, it should yeah. get better. I don't know that it's going to get much better because the things that are a big problem are, are institutional Amazon problems. But I, it's definitely worse for me. The, the experience of reading is definitely way worse. Um, the way I used the app before is completely unusable now. The way I'd arranged things to read, to kept track of what I was reading, what I was in the middle of, is totally gone. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's a crapshoot. It took me forever to even just to find where Judas Contract was when we had to do our Booksload show. Um, so to me, it's a huge downgrade in the app itself. The store is just a fucking nightmare disaster. So I can see why, um, it would cause people to stop reading books. It's impossible to find anything. Um, so. Well, I wonder about that in terms of like the economics, like, all right, let's say that we understand that digital comics make up about 10% of comics. That's, and it's never changed. Once it reached that threshold, it's kind of sat there. Then it has for years and years and years. That being said, the... Uh, the m- revenue, the profit that goes towards Amazon, uh, Amazon for that product as a as a category is insignificant almost. It mm-hmm. you know, and it 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 isn't insignificant to the publishers, but it's close. You know what I mean? Like I I feel like I've, well, ten percent of revenue is not insignificant. To it isn't, business. but I also feel like like they don't focus on that. Like as a way to make business decisions, it's like it's gravy. Sure. It's like ancillary revenue, um, and and you know they tried all the things. Everybody tried to have their own service. I think Marvel and DC have done the the bit where like, well, we're gonna we're gonna white label our own apps. We're going to you know offer those subscription programs. Anything that comes in from the current stuff, you know, in whatever form it is, they have no control over it. It's a monopoly, and the monopoly got bought by a monopoly. And they're they're at that mercy, but they're going to sell those books. I'm guessing, I'm guessing most people who read comics digitally are not going to stop reading comics. I don't feel like that's realistic. They're going to suck it up because they have to. Or yeah, I think the majority will. I think, and I think some will, yeah. tr- will transfer over to the other services, the the infinite and the the ones that are delayed. There'll be a, a portion that does that. Most people will will suck it up. Some people will leave, but it's not going to kill the only, the only thing that'll kill digital comics in the short term will be if amazon's like this is not even worth it but i don't think that's the case because they've already they've already done the they've already sunk the cost in yeah um and if and even if they did that even if amazon tomorrow said you know what forget this this is stupid we're, we're we're not selling this anymore uh then you'd have the marvel and dc readers and they would either um add a function to so you can get them day and date for a higher price or something or 
Um, you, we, we, digital readers will be behind. Like it's not gonna. They're not gonna go away. It'll be. It'll be around some form or fashion. I mean, I'd say 150 percent of digital comic book readers are pirating them anyway. So <laughs> there's that. Well, that's a whole other. Thing, I know, but yeah, but you know, so so like they're gonna exist. It's like if you take it away, then it's gonna go underground. But it isn't. They're not gonna take it away. They're gonna. This is gonna be the system. It it is what it is, and and it sucks. It, uh, but I, but there's no there's no question. It's a huge downgrade from wh- how I was reading comics three months ago. Um, you know, like while we were talking about Alien in the past, I could have gone to place, gotten all the Alien books very easily, and it's just not the case anymore. Yeah. You know, you, you could have clicked on, you search Alien, you get the series, you find the ones you don't have, you download them. Now it's just, it's a crapshoot that you have to, and the biggest problem is the store in which it's all integrated with Amazon. So you search Alien, you're going to get the DVDs, and you're going to get the soundtracks, you're not going to get the comics. I mean, it's, so, there's a chance a, that there's still somebody who's in charge of this app. There's a chance that they'll improve it. But it's it's not the app, it's it's the store. Sure. That's the big problem. Page, uh, nah, Patreon, contact.fanboy.com. That's where you can write in and get the uh, email on the show or the media explode if we do them. And uh, we thank everyone who writes in. And now let's wrap up with talking about other shows. This past week, we had the new Teen Titans, the Judas Contract book explode, which Josh and I took a look at that series. Spent a lot of time talking about George Perez's art, but also it was Josh's first time reading the story. So we had a, it was an interesting discussion. I enjoyed it. That's right behind the show in the feed behind that show. Is Will Dennis Part Two, the Talks Blood, the second part of Josh's discussion with the uh, famed editor, and uh, people have really been enjoying that discussion. So you can find those shows behind. Every other week, we've got a special show coming out in between these shows, including this coming week. By the time you right now, as we record, I have not seen the Batman yet. But as you hear this, I should have seen the Batman unless something has happened. And this coming week, we should have the show about it. So hopefully, that fingers crossed. That comes out this coming Thursday. The following week, the following Thursday, you'll have the Catwoman Hunted Animation Brain Trust show. And then the following Thursday, uh, possibly the Beat Explode show, depending on how things go with the Patreon. So every Thursday for the month, you should have a special show, assuming uh, Beat Explode happens. And then there's a final Thursday. It's a fifth week. There, there, there won't be a show for that. I have week, a book explode to, 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 to schedule, so it's possible. Talksplode. That's what I, no, Talksplode. That's what I mean. Well, you have a couple of Thursdays open to you. Well, there we go. Thursdays are special show day. I, I, you know me. I go for quality. I don't. I don't. I don't, yep. I don't go for the date. Mostly because I can't. Was the one you're supposed to get done early? You were going to get it done way yeah, early. Yeah, but where's the thing? Is if I'm really late, then it feels early, and it's already late. I got this one in the bag early. I did, and then there was a Didn't problem. Happen. Didn't happen. I'm not in control. I'm not it. in control. Other people. Other people get in the way. That's right. It's always other people. It's not me. It's not my we fault. We should just start doing shows there's where still I pretend time, to be whoever you're interviewing. There's still time to save Han. It's not my fault. <laughs> we can do a show where I pretend to be Alan Moore. Can you do that accent? We should just start doing... Do, no, that's what makes it even funnier. I don't even I try see. the accent. He'd like to do... <laughs> his accent... <laughs> I like it. His accent blew me away the first time I heard his voice. I was like, oh... I did not expect that. I like comics. I liked them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, every Briton who's listening. I apologize. Listen, they do some bad American accents. That's true. God, you remember those early episodes of Spooks? Ugh. It's terrible. Oh, God, all these CIA agents. Yep. Hi, I am an American. <laughs> I have come from Oklahoma. <laughs> 
all the people that can do these are in Hollywood. I am not. <laughs> you sounded very American there. You can't do a British person doing a bad American accent. Tim so Roth American. in the beginning of Reservoir Dogs. It's terrible. Ewan McGregor in anything he's ever had to do an American accent up until Fargo. Terrible. Why would he want to? He's so, his, his voice is so sexy. Yeah, no, I mean, there's not... What, he just did an ad for something. It, oh, it was like Expedia yeah. or something. And I was like, I would like it to purchase... It came on the other day, and it was, it was a quiet in the, on the couch. Oh, like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was, that happened here, too. <laughs> if you, if you, else, if you don't think like, that you... Are you finished? If you don't like okay. Ewan McGregor enough, I mean, if you're not sure, like, you could just watch all of his motorcycle documentaries, and you'd be like, nope, he's the greatest person <laughs> on earth. I can't help it. <laughs> let's, right, let's finish the... Where are we? we we're going to do the outro here? Uh, we are at... Me. The outro, yeah. Oh, cool. Yep. So you can find all of our shows over at ifanboy.com. Most of them are better than this one. That's what I'm going to tell you right yeah, now. Yeah, that's probably true. As well as the that's archive of the years of great comic writing from all of our talent staff. You can find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out by following at ifanboy on Twitter or at ifanboycomics on Instagram, where you will also find Connor and me at at Kilpatrick and at J.A. Flanagan. You could subscribe to our YouTube page at youtube.com slash ifanboy. Will you keep up to date on the old video show re-uploads? We are just doing minis. All the full-length shows are there for your archival perusal. This past week, we have Connor with It Came From The Storage Unit, Captain America 363, mm-hmm. which is a Kieran Dwyer book, I believe. Kieran Dwyer. Oh, yeah. God. Diamondback. Captain America wearing a disguise consisting of a fedora and a and a trench coat over his costume while he goes to a bar in Madripoor. It was awesome. I remember I remember doing that one. Dwyer is my favorite Captain America artist of all time. I, yes. it, it's my yes. first. That's just how it works. But I love the yeah. proportions that they made those characters mm-hmm. look like. So good. Then we have a new comics preview uh, from August 13th, 2008. I looked at the screenshot and I said, Georgie! I was on the floor. With my with my beloved uh, late French bulldog George Clooney, the French bulldog, I can't watch it because it'll make me cry. I'm I'm getting teared up. Yeah, right it's a now. good one. I watched it. Um, <sighs> if you're if you're a fan of George Clooney, uh, he's a star of that one. Yeah, yeah. Camera's right up in his face. Yeah, and he knows it, and he turns to the camera and lets it <laughs> bask in his glow. <laughs> Oh, what a good dog! Hey, if you like the show, consider leaving us a review or a star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Whatever service you use, um, like an aggregate rating. You doesn't have to be about this particular episode, um, which is fine. Some people do that. Some people leave reviews say, "I didn't like the latest episode one star." It's like, well, that's cool. We've only done a hundred, one thousand, one hundred and something shows, but whatever. You do you. Even better than that, tell your friends, your mom, your kid, your letter carriers. You know, when you're walking the dog, tell them all about the show. That's totally a normal thing to do. Not weird. It is. Help us, help us spread the love. Hey, that's it. That's the show. That makes you Connor. Yeah, and you're Josh. That's right. Stay safe. Uh, seriously, if you're, but uh, and be good and uh, find your joy in wherever you can. Look at an old video of my dog. It will bring people joy. I will tell, tell them that. Yeah, you're not even a dog person. He's brought you joy. So no, he's, you he's a cute dog. <laughs> no one liked him in person. That's what's key. <laughs> No one. Yes, yes, yes. I'm looking for a hard-headed woman, headed woman. One who will make me do my best. And if I find my hard-headed woman.